breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Herman. Good day. Uh, I'm sure there's been some chitter chatter in D.C. and in the halls of where you uh, move back and forth about the Oregon shooting. I have got no calls from people who said we need more gun control laws. Well, I, I don't think that surprises me. I think, look, the country is fairly divided uh, along these lines. We've seen for, I would say, what, the last 20-plus years now, the, uh, the sort of the gun rights forces, those opposed to the idea of any new gun controls, have had the edge legislatively here in the Congress. That was true even when the Democrats were in charge of both the House and Senate for the first two years of the Obama administration. I think what was notable yesterday about the reaction by the president was just uh, his the, the angry and very frustrated kind of response that he had. And I think a lot of it stems from his inability to get anything done in the Congress on the issue of gun control. Uh, you know, after the, uh, the the shootings, the Connecticut school shootings a few years ago, there was a big push about background checks that ran aground in the Senate. You know, since when I first came up here in the 80s, there was a slight edge for those in favor of gun control, but really it wasn't much. They were able to get through the Brady handgun law, the background checks. Uh, they, they were able to push through an assault weapons ban, but that uh, sort of rebounded against the Democrats in 1994, and since then a lot of them have shied away from the issue of guns. I think what I took more than anything away from the president last night was that he was serving notice that he's going to keep speaking out on this and try to make it more political for Democrats in a way that I think that the NRA has been able to make it more political and capitalize on it for the other side at this point in time. So, no, I, I think that this is one of those things that still is a very, very divisive and political issue, and you don't find many people who are in the middle on it. I think a lot of people felt hurt and angered by what happened, but I also received several calls with people saying, you know, they really don't need the president to lecture us about we need more gun control when that's not the problem. There's a lot of other areas and stuff like that. So just FYI, as you continue to talk to your colleagues from time to yeah, time. Look, I, I haven't seen anything from Republicans. The biggest thing that I've seen, frankly, in the last few years after some of these uh, mass shootings has been a, a demand from lawmakers to push through something on mental health. And I don't know if right. mental health was at issue in this, uh, but that's something that's been out there the last few times. Uh, Democrats, look, uh, it's, it's wide open in the Congress. You can uh, float any bill you want. But the fact is right now that the president's plans on guns would not get through this Congress. The race for the speaker's spot, what's the latest? Well, uh, Kevin McCarthy has had to sort of walk back what he said earlier this week in uh, that interview on Fox News about the Benghazi committee that not only drew him a lot of fire from Democrats, but frankly, Herman, from an awful lot of Republicans. I have to say I was sort of surprised yesterday walking the halls of the Capitol and interviewing uh, and, and listening to a number of GOP lawmakers who otherwise are supportive of McCarthy for the job as speaker, but were voicing their disappointment with him on how he handled that Benghazi question the other night on TV. And I don't know if that provides an opening overall for somebody else in this speaker's race, or if it's just sort of, you know, one of those, um, you know, missteps that somebody makes, because I do feel that there's a sense here that people aren't sure that McCarthy is, quote-unquote, ready for this position that, you know, it's one thing to be in the leadership, but it's another thing to be the top guy. Uh, so we'll see if there's any uh, any rumblings off of that. The, the one thing that, that sort of the Tea Party Freedom Caucus guys were saying yesterday is they're still trying to find a candidate. It's a little late to find a candidate, frankly. 
But you never know what can happen up until next Thursday. The, the one truth about leadership races in the Congress, Herman, is that if somebody, really the only thing you can ever trust from one of your colleagues is that they tell you, I'm not going to vote for you. Because uh, some of these guys are very good at telling everybody they'll vote for them, and then, of course, they, can't, they can only vote for one person at the end. But right now, McCarthy would still seem to be the favorite, though I have to say there are reservations amongst Republicans. Well, the Benghazi comment that I saw... You know, they are now trying to say that they put the committee together for the purpose of bringing down Hillary. No, they wanted to get to the truth. That was the purpose of putting the, the committee together. So yeah, what, was the, what was the criticism of him about what he said? It was, uh, I, I think that he was uh, indicating that the, the Benghazi committee was focused more on bringing down Hillary Clinton's numbers. Uh, and then that was a big result of the work that it had done. And the Democrats pounced on that by arguing, and I think you'll hear them argue an awful lot the next couple of weeks before that October 22nd hearing with Hillary Clinton, that this is not really focused on Benghazi, that it's focused more on a way to go after the, the possible Democratic Party frontrunner. And that's, again, that's why I was surprised. It doesn't surprise me that Democrats would leap on anything. I mean, that's, look, that's the playbook. The GOP would do the same thing if it was flipped around. But the fact that the number of Republicans... Uh, Jason Chaffetz, most prominently yesterday, really rebuking McCarthy publicly, not just behind the scenes, but publicly. I find that a little interesting. The next financial debt line, is it related to the uh, debt ceiling? Yeah, the debt limit, uh, the administration yesterday notifying the Congress that uh, as of November the 5th, that the U.S. would begin to default and not be able to pay its bills. And so here we go again, another yeah. uh, another financial deadline that the Congress is going to have to deal with after we got past not shutting down the government this week. Now the debt ceiling will have to be raised at some point over the next few weeks. And obviously there's an awful lot of Republicans that have not wanted to do that. Uh, this, I think, could ricochet its way into the race for Speaker because you have a, a small group of Republicans who would like to be very aggressive in how they deal with something like this. Now, frankly, raising, you know, the, the if, you rate, if you raise the debt ceiling, it's not that you're allowing for more money to be spent. It's you're paying the bills that have already been authorized by the Congress. But, you know, some people don't look at it that way. So I don't know how they're going to finesse this, Herman. Uh, it's still possible to me that the wheels could come off in a number of ways in the Congress over the next couple of months. This, along with the omnibus, along with a possible government shutdown in December, We'll have to see that this one is going to be just in the next, uh, what, it's less than five weeks away to uh, November the 5th. And it's five days, six or seven away from electing new speaker. Have any other candidates emerged? No. I was told yesterday by a couple of sort of the more conservative guys, well, there's somebody who's still thinking about it. And I thought, no, that, yeah. you know, it's, you, you, know, you know what, Herman, this reminds me of four years ago when nobody really quote-unquote liked Mitt Romney and they were looking for another candidate over and over again and you were the one of one of the ones that cycled up for a while and others cycled up for a while there was just this oh, I don't like that you know I gotta find something else and and that person never really appeared you know I I think it's sort of the same way here with Boehner and now with McCarthy is that there's a bunch of Republicans that I frankly I don't think anybody would work for them in one of these leadership jobs I, yeah. I don't think anybody who's out there would be somebody that they can rally around. And, you know, I, I think, in a sense, that hurts the GOP because there's never this sense of everybody getting on board together and working forward. Yeah, and like I said, they are, they are the, right now the Republicans are their own worst enemy. They are in turmoil over the Speaker. They're in turmoil over some of the ideas that are on the table, how to approach different things. 
So we're going to have to wait and see. But you also said yesterday that uh, Daniel Webster wasn't getting much traction. No, I, I don't sense that he is. I mean, look, he's going to get some votes. He'll get more than the 12 he got earlier this year. There's a number of guys that like Webster, not for his not for his sort of personal beliefs or political beliefs or anything, but that he has advertised himself as a guy that will sort of open up the floor of the House and allow for more votes on all kinds of different issues. So his is more of sort of a an institutional process argument more than anything else. You know what I mean, Herman? Yeah. It's not that he's going to be Mr. Super Conservative or anything like that, but that he will open things up so that if you want somebody, you know, want to vote on something, you'll be more likely to get it now than maybe you were under a Boehner uh, speakership. You know, that has some appeal to some people who feel like that they've been uh, sort of uh, pushed to the side by the speaker. But then again, you got 200 plus Republicans, 240 plus. Not everybody can get an amendment on every bill every week or anything like that. And there has to be some kind of of way to winnow through that. But we'll see whether or not Webster can get any more traction. Some of his fellow Florida Republicans that I interviewed yesterday simply felt like, look, Dan's a nice guy, as one told me, but it's probably not going to happen, was their opinion. I got you. Is it official that Joe Biden is not going to be in the Democrat debate? That's the way it looks. That was the story that was put out there yesterday by his people. So that that doesn't mean that he's not going to be in the race. But, geez, Herman, uh, I mean, if you watch Hillary Clinton raise $28 million and Bernie Sanders raise $24 million, wouldn't you want to get in that race pretty quick to catch up a little? If you were going to be serious about it, unless, yeah. he, unless he's got people sitting there with their checkbooks on hold. And but they that's haven't a lot sent of checks, checks to be on hold. That would be a lot of checks to be on hold. People don't do that. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, when you can only give 2,700 max, that's an awful lot of people to have on hold. I know. So, uh, you know, we're not talking soft money that goes to a super, super PAC. We're talking about the hard money donations that go to a presidential campaign that are limited. And uh, that's that's an awful lot of money to be behind already. Now, the, the one thing is that we've seen, uh, I've seen some reports that Hillary Clinton has burning a lot of that money, so there's some questions about her resources long-term and more. I don't know. I'm just, I'm still going to be on the, on the side that I'm just not sold that Joe Biden is getting in this race, that the vice president's sort of been all over, but we'll see what happens. It would, you would think if you want to get in this race and you want to jumpstart yourself, what better way would there be? than to uh, to get in the first Democratic debate on October the 13th. $28 million is a lot of chicken dinners. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> a lot of chicken dinners, shot, man. Yeah. And that means you got to go to a whole lot of these things. Yeah, it's not like uh, you can uh, just find one or two big donors to give you five or no. six million bucks or something like that. You're talking about really having to... And I think that's the thing about Bernie Sanders that I'm really sort of uh, interested in right now is that he has been able to put together a huge amount of money. You know, this is not some fringe guy or anything like that. This is not a guy who's running a campaign that's got a few kids from college campuses working for him. And, you know, they're sort of uh, stringing things along by the seat of their pants or anything like that. This is a big deal from him. And I, and I think that that's something you got to look at as we move forward in this presidential race. Well, we'll stay tuned. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you Monday, Herman. You got it. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show.